Hello and welcome to the Stats One Podcast with me, James York, and Ted Knutson. Hey, Ted. It feels like a long time since we've done a podcast, like, oh, I don't know, two weeks or something. It has not been two weeks. Has James. it not? Oh, my God. Can you tell the kind people where there wasn't a podcast last ah, week, they already, please? Know. they already know. They must know. Yeah. Actually, so it's funny. I, I think very few people interact with us on Twitter, but many more just have the dulcet tones of James York appear in their podcast inbox, as it were, every single week. So you should definitely tell them, James, why we didn't have a podcast. Well, I did week. a podcast last week. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> you slut. James, you ignorant <laughs> slut. Tramping around with Ryan O'Hanlon and no podcast for our glorious listeners. Good podcast. I go and check it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> the Stats One podcast died. The died at the altar of my laptop being a poor recording device. So we're he's not on, recording on the fucking no, laptop today. We're back on the high quality equipment that Ted bought uh, some short while ago. And we're in the office, so we're facing off once again. James, did you know that cursing is generally a sign of not only intellect but also honesty? I just thought that I would mention that. For those of you who are new listeners here, we try to keep it real. I try and keep it. I try not to edit it out too much, but I <laughs> could. We're a company, Ted. We need to have responsibilities here. Anyway. Uh, we, have, we have lots of responsibilities. Uh, this, this, is, this is where we, we let things loose. We don't let things loose, actually. Um, so we have things to talk about. It is transfer season, uh, a very quiet transfer season that's nearly wrapping up. Uh, we said a couple of interesting things last week, which I covered a little bit on Twitter, um, some nice things about Chris Wilder. Uh, and we're going to dip into some big names, but not necessarily big transfers uh, today. And we're also going to talk about some company stuff that we talked about last week that we're going to bring back up because there's exciting things on the stats bump side. Um, and that's about it. Yeah, it should be good. Uh, who are we going to go to first? I mean, this time last week, I was, I was chomping at the bed to get going and talk about Gareth Bale to Spurs, uh, which I think isn't going to happen at all. I mean, probably was never going to happen at all. But I think that there was a there was a day or something when the, uh, it was it was a news story, and maybe it could happen. Maybe they could get the financials to work. Maybe they could pay him twenty five million a week to come and be injured and play golf here. I don't know. I mean, it's I don't think that's happening anymore because the Spurs transfer trail has moved on pretty quickly. However, before we move <laughs> on, uh, I had some thoughts about Gareth. <clears throat> so assume that you get Gareth for. What what was the rumor? What just like a loan? Just a loan, yeah. Okay. But there's always a fee involved, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. It was, there was talks of, of loan and trying to get the financials to work. Yeah, right. he's on like six hundred and fifty. <laughs> Daniel grand Levy's involved trying to get the financials to work is tricky. Yeah. So, how much is he on? Like six hundred fifty k a week or something. Dark. Okay, so maybe there's not a loan fee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this is this is it. You know, apparently the the gossip is that the the two sides communicated, but you know. That's like saying, can we buy Messi? No. Gareth, Gareth, we still like you. Uh, that's all we wanted to say, actually. I just, I hope you're having a good 2020. That was it. That was the communication. Happy Chinese New Year, perhaps. Maybe. There's there's, <laughs> there's two ways of looking at this. Like, uh, the, the one is that uh, Jose Mourinho will be backed as Tottenham manager. And the other one is, uh, it's Tottenham and Daniel Levy is an expert negotiator. So I, my issue and with this maybe sort of not. thing, uh, despite... Levy being an expert negotiator, is that Bale's trending is worrisome. Um, yeah, unlike some of the the other superstars that we've seen head into their 30s and look like they they're just never going to stop, up until like Cristiano Ronaldo the last two years, I think he's he's definitely slowed down a bit. Bale's numbers are declining, and they no longer look like he's even sort of top five percent in the league now. Whether that's you know 
consistent golf injuries or the fact that he's not that interested or Real Madrid have had like, you know, funky coaching situations or whatever at that number, you're looking for any sort of red flag to, to not do it. Any reasons why we should, you know, figure out some other option. And I think that, you know, when I, when I look at the numbers, like that would be a big concern for me. And that's, a, that's going to be a concern. Like should Bale want to continue playing somewhere else? Well, this is it. I, I, he's not going to Spurs. That's not going to happen. I don't think. Right. But then the, the question then becomes like, where could he go at any time in the near future? Not necessarily this window. How long's left in his deal? I'm not 18 sure. months ish. Quite uh, too long, I think. You know, it might be might even be longer than that. I don't no, know. No, no, James. I've been told by people on the internet that there are never any consequences from signing like twenty seven <laughs> and twenty eight year olds to five year old five year deals. <laughs> so how can this be true? Gareth Bale he must be great for the entire life of his contract. It's not looking so good, and obviously, I mean, this, 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 the odd situation is how like the kind of like the fallout with um, you know his kind of relationship uh, with the with the club has obviously been very low. The the other thing is that you know the China out it appears to have disappeared. You know the big wages because that was rumored to be agreed, and then they pulled the plug on it because there wasn't going to be a fee or something that was in the summer. He's got till twenty twenty two, so he's got two two and a half more years. Yeah, so that's silly money. If Real Madrid actually did that that was very stupid and uh, well done to them for doing something quite dumb because if you're paying that amount and know that your coach doesn't really like him like just getting that amount off of the wage book is like pretty massive right Mm. i don't know i mean because you know it's transfer fees are fees but then there's the the whole element of, of salary and it's it's all part of a package every player is a package and that package has agents inside of it and potentially it's got one agent, sometimes it's multiple agents, which then gets really complicated and weird. Uh, sometimes it's a cousin and a brother and another cousin and then an actual agent, uh, at which point you should probably walk away from the deal. Uh, but, but nevertheless, so you've got the agent fees, you've got the actual transfer fee that often is paid in installments, and then you've got the wages. And the wages like you know, are, in some cases, the biggest amount for a player like Bale, who went, I think, what was it? He was about, not quite 100 million, 100 million mm. euros yeah, uh, at the time. And then his wages, given what you're you're telling us here, are probably around about that same amount, if not more, for like the life of his contract. Like I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. So you can't just look at it as transfer buckets. Sometimes you're looking at it as budget buckets and this guy needs to go. Yeah, I mean it's it's really, James, really James just checked to see if we were recording. I just, I just, <laughs> just I'm now I'm gonna be paranoid about this forevermore. It looks like we are, so that's that's promising. Um yeah, well, I mean, I so I don't think it's just happening. What what I think is happening at Spurs, which is a, a story that just kind of like landed in the middle of uh, middle of a Sunday afternoon, uh, was this Stephen Bergwijn story uh, that he's going to come from PS- Never heard of him. PSV for like reputedly thirty million. He's supposedly uh, holed up in a London hotel, having been allowed to. Uh, not play at the weekend. Is Peter Odomwingi with him? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have noted others have made, noted the similarity. There's talk that um, the, 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 when Youngman's son came to Tottenham, apparently in his autobiography or a book uh, that he released, he kind of like described the situation, which was all very kind of like strange and. Uh, you know, him him arriving in London perhaps before his club even knew he left the building or anything. Um, so and an angry father. Yeah, yeah, it's all, all kind of like the difficult kind of uh, stories going on. And, you know, maybe this this is what's happening with Bergwijn, but it looks like he's probably going to come. And this is exactly this is exactly something that you should be making. Now, I'm not going to hit too hard on, like, how good a player Bergwijn is. I think he's pretty decent. Obviously, you know, we will always have a little bit of, not scepticism, but caution around translation out of the Dutch league. But 
Um, you know, he's tw- I think he's 22, 30 million, if that's the price, is, is like reasonable. There's probably some upside there. But you're, you're going in and you're trying to get that kind of player who, if they hit and they, you know, come come good, is you know going to look like a really good deal. And you're probably not going to be paying a 22-year-old insane wages to start with as well. And then you're on the right side of the transfer curve, so to speak. And... You know, it's January. Tottenham don't often buy players in January. They bought Lucas Moore in January a couple of years ago. I just think Tottenham don't often buy players is an accurate statement. <laughs> That's so. also true. Uh, but it looked like it was going to be loaned. So if they, if this does stick and they actually uh, purchase him, it's going to be a kind of like slight change of pace as to, um, uh, you know, what they're doing. And Mourinho has potentially been, uh, quote-unquote, backed. Uh, so... Yeah, I, I, I'm intrigued by this this deal, and I, yeah, what the hell? Let's buy Steven Bergwijn. Did you pick up like a random Fernandez out of uh, out yes. of Portugal as well? Yes, uh, he's, he's had some sub minutes. He's been straight in the seat. That's quite refreshing. Variable name Fernandez. <laughs> Jetson Fernandez. I mean, it's it's quite refreshing <laughs> that like you know jo- Jose Mourinho will literally just play players that have been signed for his for his club. Because like with Pochettino, it felt like it was a, it was a coin flip as to whether you know you you would take six months for them to get a start. And like Lo Celso is a great example. I, I heard that you were going to exercise the option on Lo Celso. So so I mean he's been man of the match for the last four four games. Is he fucking great or fucking great? He's pretty good. I mean yeah. this is it. So uh, hopefully hopefully that's happening. Uh, Back to Bergwijn though. Quick, yeah, quick. Have you heard of him? I've heard of him. I don't know a hell of a lot about him, although we, we did dig, this dig into... This is such the, a lie! No, it's true. I dig, <laughs> dig into the archives and it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we, maybe we looked at him some, some years ago. So, summer 2017, he was on a list of wide forwards that I thought were really interesting for Arsenal. Uh, David Neres was on that. Uh, Keita Baldi. Uh, some pretty good ones along the way. Um, Usman Dembele, <laughs> among others. Um so yeah, that was me in summer 2017 when I actually used to write about potential transfers uh, before they became consulting projects. And then we had him as part of a consulting project, uh, part of the bigger project that we did, uh, StatsBomb 100. And that was the one that <clears throat> now we've kind of transitioned into the pro scouting project where uh, four times a week we produce um, analytical and traditional scouting reports. And we are selling this as a subscription service because we feel like you know it's important Basically, scouting reports are data, and we're good at producing this information. And so we uh, have started to do that professionally. And what's cool is, like, it just gets more valuable over time because, like, the it's, it's like a six-month or a one-year subscription, and you get access to the historical archives. And there are already, like, 25 players in there because we started back in, in December, and that's just going to keep growing. So at some point, if you come along, you know, next year, but don't do that. <laughs> like come along now but if, if, you, if you were to access it for the first time next year then there would be like 200 players in in that space so and james is is sitting on top of that like a gorilla protecting the good work that stats bomb does <laughs> yeah well you know we <laughs> we do try our very best of course you know we're a we're professional good. Come on, we're good at this uh but we, yeah. we, we spotted this kid that tottenham are now trying to sign like two and a half years ago, the first time. Yeah, and this is this is the interesting interesting point I think because uh, you know again like the one the one question mark I'd, I'd let is Dora's potential like league translation. But you know he's a Dutch international. He's he's uh, he's spent plenty of time. He's played in you know European competition. He's, it's not like you've got no kind of 
uh, signal there at all. Good so, dribbler, good creator from wide, um, pretty good scoring. My one concern is his trending is not great, but if you followed PSV at all this year, you know that the club has been... Yeah, and that's, that's an interesting <laughs> one as well, isn't it? Because, like, you know, is, is this the right time to try and approach approach a team, you know, when they're not having the best of seasons? You know, the player isn't suddenly bad overnight. Um, yeah, it's, it, he's, he's an intriguing one. I, 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 I will be, I'll be very interested to see how it pans out. But it does kind of tie in with the idea of um, uh, Bofalo Celso and uh, Ndombele and Ryan Session on some, some idea, to some degree, um, that... You know, Tottenham are trying to sign players at the right end, you know, with the right kind of degree of potential and balance of, you know, fees and, uh, you know, potential return on investment and quality of players. And this kind of, this, the idea that you're being a little smarter about who you're signing rather than, of course, like, you know, going out and trying to get Gareth Bale on loan for a year and a half or something. Daft the danger like that. in football right now, especially in the Premier League, is being one of the last tuckers at the table because you got a lot of money. And if you screw up, like you'll see yourself just go straight down into the championship. And potentially, if you screw up really badly, you go to League One. Like we have seen that a number of times over the last five years where teams cannot fix themselves quickly and they just ratchet down the leagues. And then sometimes they come back up, but sometimes they're Sunderland, right? And like that's that's a pretty big risk. Like, you know, Aston Villa <laughs> are back now, but that was incredibly expensive. And basically, the <laughs> the the year that they went up, they also nearly went bankrupted and and had to had to be saved by by outside money. And people are like, well, well, that's fine. They got back up. I'm like, yeah, if, as long as you don't care about currently being the owner and continuing to be the owner, then you should definitely make those financial choices. If you would like to continue to have control over the team and possibly like not bankrupt yourself, then maybe don't make those financial choices. <laughs> Do things a little bit smarter. Um, so. There's obviously that element of, yes, can we make good transfers for now and the future? But there's some interesting names on the market that like were big names in the past, were up-and-coming names, were bought by big teams, and then something happened. And the question is, like one, what happened? And two, are they still good, and can you get them at a discount? Which is an intriguing spot for like at least two guys on this list. Yeah, yeah. I think James Rodriguez is one of them. Three he, guys. Is that right? You don't know even him. Yeah, we got James Rodriguez as a guy that that you know is is probably available. Hasn't played much uh, for. Is he, where is he now? He's, he's, he's up, still he's at Bayern, in, right? No, he's at Madrid. He was at Bayern and Bayern until the summer. And then oh, he went back to, he's back to Madrid right, and then just kind of been at Madrid and not really played. But yeah, I mean that 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 pretty much sums up his career right now. You're kind of like thinking, where is he right now? <laughs> and um, yeah, he's he's kind of drifted. There we are. He's got like uh, you know seven to seven games in La Liga this season. But, you know, just complete bit part player. Again, he's probably on a lot of money. But isn't there? I think we we scouted around some ideas like where, where he might go. Everton, Arsenal, like were linked with with a potential deal for him. I think maybe there's an argument. I mean, he's a different player to Sabios, but like there's an argument if Sabios goes back because it seems sounds like his loan isn't, hasn't panned out. You could, I have you could no get no idea what happened there other than so I, I kind of unpacked this with some some Arsenal fans. Like Sabios, we thought we were really excited by, and we thought that he could play a couple different positions, and that it looked like he could you know help defend slash press from the midfield but also a decent creator and you know the rockiness under Emery and some injury stuff and I think what might have happened there was Arteta looked around realized that Ceballos probably wasn't signing a long-term deal and then just decided to spend his energy on the guys that were going to be there for a while and so I, it makes sense 
Um, you know, Joe Willick, I expect will probably continue to get some time. They might bring in somebody also potentially on loan. Uh, we've, we've heard from both internal and external sources that this window is particularly weird. And I think one of the reasons why it's weird is like people are worried about the money, the Premier League deal, um, you know, the, the inbound money, uh, has slowed down. Like it's not growing as fast as it was. We've seen some, uh, you know, big ownership changes, but not that many. There's some clubs have been for sale forever. Uh, Newcastle among them, uh, Everton, you know, FFP problems, Arsenal right up on the line from an ownership group that never wants to spend. So like, that's one reason why it's probably slow and it's slow kind of around Europe. January windows are getting worse. I'm not sure that they should be worse because again, I think there are some guys that are pretty good value if you can get the financials right. But I think that there's a lot of sunk cost stuff and a lot of, a lot of people that don't want to move on this stuff. Um, in January. And I'm, I just look at it and say, Hey, you know, a lot more about what's going on in your summer. If you get these deals done now. So like you, you're structured for that. If you're keeping your head coach for the the season, like if you're intending to keep them for next year, whatever, then they get six months of time underneath them. So they hit the ground running for the next preseason, everything like that. That's pretty useful as well. Hamas is, is, is a tough one though, because he's, he feels a little bit like a luxury player. And that's not necessarily true. And I thought when he was young, he was a, a dynamo in the middle of the park. Uh, often, you know, one that needed high usage. And another guy on our list we'll, we'll talk about as well is a little bit like that. So the question then becomes, like, how do you fit in t- into a team? And are Real Madrid, who seem unwilling to, like, solve these sunk cost problems, uh, willing to, to just, like, get rid of him? Because so many other guys, unless they're kids out of their academy, are tough to move. They're on too big of wages. Yeah, and he's only twenty eight as well. This is it. it's not like he's you know it's not like he's thirty thirty one and you like Bale and you think like oh well you know his best years are behind him. He can still contribute for a couple of years like reasonably effectively for a team, but you know, but <laughs> Bayern seems to be like the kind of like drop off ground for like this. Uh, you know, Spanish giants don't want a player for <laughs> for the minute. Oh, Bayern will take him which off to some hands. extent indicates that Bayern are pretty dumb too. <laughs> but then, like after that, it's like where else? Where else can you get like um, you know people actually wanting to uh, spend spend this money? I'm not sure. I, but I don't don't really know what about uh, PSG's kind of like uh, transfer inputs at the moment. But. I think they switched to get pretty smart, but I yeah. It's hard for us to talk about them in any way that we won't get in trouble. So yeah. Um. So uh, along with Rodriguez, there's basically the Rodriguez replacement that was also a, a short-term potential long-term loanee that came in. I would rather have him if you can get the money solved, and that's Philippe Coutinho. Mm. And basically, I think Bayern came out in the last couple of weeks and were like, no, we don't really want to keep him. And I looked at his stats, and they're ridiculous. They're really good. And you know, Bayern are traditionally really good, but Coutinho doesn't look out of place there. And the question then becomes, you know, is he not doing what the head coach wants or does he not fit culturally? Uh, he isn't German and, and Bayern very much do enjoy being German or the best from around the world. So I don't know. Like I, I think Coutinho, there's a chance that Barcelona now who have a new coach and Kike Setien uh, could welcome him back. But again, you know, it depends on what that culture is like and does Messi like him and it seems like that might not be the case. But if if they don't welcome him back and Barcelona actually are willing to just say, hey, we'll eat half of your wages and you go somewhere else and that's fine for us, which probably is part of the loan deal that, that happened here, although I'm sure that Bayern would have paid part of it. Where should he go? Who wants him? This is it. There's just less and less of these kind of places. You know, if they don't, if players don't like work out at you know, the Spanish giants... 
I don't know. In, I mean, maybe you could have sold them off to Italy in the past. Inter are too busy buying ex Man United players to to be worried about. Like Christian Eriksen didn't play for Man United. That's true. Mm. <laughs> Thanks, Ted. Uh, and um, yeah, but the Premiership also Premier League also. Actually, it's funny. I I said uh, I was talking in the office earlier about like you know entertaining to the Premier League All-Stars and Ewan quietly DM'd me and he was like actually I think you find it's Roma and <laughs> you look at Roma and say like, of course of course well, the Premier League All-Stars it used to be the Roma Reclamation Project <laughs> yeah. and they did pretty well finding them and then Roma have been in kind of a, a weird spot these last couple of years like that is also another club that seems like it's in transition of ownership um, uh, Newcastle in transition of ownership is hard to sell right now like people basically the football bubble seems to have reached its peak and now if the bubble doesn't pop like you at least see it deflate quite a bit and, yeah and and that's like perfectly normal but that also is you know something that is causing friction in in the transfer market because teams teams don't know how bad it is elsewhere like you can't it's not obvious from everybody's books inter spending is pretty unusual right now and i think that, that leads us to another good point, like Premier League All-Stars and Reclamation Project. Let's let's turn the camera over to the black and white stripes. Oh, right. The Juve, evil yeah. empire. Yeah, you've, 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 you've had such an odd kind of window in the summer where they, you know, bringing in players like uh, you know Ramsey and then not using or bringing in players that they essentially and then bringing in a coach who's just going to like use 14 players and, and like be very regimented. 14 very tippy-tappy players. So like some of the ones that they have signed don't necessarily fit in with that structure as well. Yeah, I mean, this is it. Now, like we're seeing a few links around now about Emery Chan like potentially landing elsewhere. I'm not sure that Dortmund were talked about and I'm not sure if there was gossip that he'd been offered to Tottenham. I've been offered to a few few of the larger clubs. So and it's a you, pretty good Juve player, definitely were trying to clear budget in the summertime right? mm. because they knew that they had spent too much money on contracts and and frees. And everybody's like, oh, look at these amazing talents that Juve are getting on a free. And we're looking at it like, I don't understand their squad construction. And I'm sure that they have spent a metric fuck ton on salaries and signing bonuses and whatever. And they have issues. I, Iguain is there. Dybala is there. Yeah, that's Ronaldo the is there. Chan is there. Aaron Ramsey is there. And I'm sure that they're, you know, Chiellini and Bonucci and those guys are not on low wages either. It's, it's hilarious that Higuain's like ended up like, you know, getting his, getting basically his dad in charge, you know, and and because any other, literally any other coach in the world, I think would have probably gone in there and been like, okay, that's fine. You, you know, we, we can find somewhere for Gonzalo to end up. But, but sorry, the one coach that you hire is going to be like, no, no, my boy, my boy, we will keep him. And Look, we'll get him on a diet. He'll be fine. Yeah, so it's just really quite funny that you've ended up with a situation that, you know, there's two kind of like expensive old strikers that they've bought in, uh, you know, in the last kind of few years that they've ended up kind of retaining. And of course, Dybala, you know, they tried to, they, there was a lot of talk they were trying to ship Dybala on and he's stayed and he's actually figured quite, quite heavily. Um, yeah, it's a really kind of odd situation. But like, yeah, Emery Chan, like surely, surely at some point, you know, he's had two starts in the league this season. He's Looked at his stats like, from last year. Uh, 22 games in the league. Looks like he's still quite good at the defensive side of the ball. Mm. Uh, he's not an eight, I don't think, in any way. And and when Liverpool signed him, he was a he was a halftime left back, halftime defensive midfielder. Both of those stats look like he was pretty good and young. Uh, his agent has been perfectly happy to have him see out his contract and then again take big signing bonuses as as they go. And that's a valid strategy. But there comes a point at which your player might want to play and. Emery Chan used to be in the national picture 
for Germany, right? And if you're not playing, then you're probably not going to be that way. Apparently, Euros is coming up. But the longer-term thing is he's not that old. No, he's really not. He's only just turned 26. Right. And and his output looks like one of those tough roles for a lot of teams to fill, which is destructive defensive midfielder that can also still run and still pass the ball. Yeah, I don't know where I don't know where he ends up either because you well, Spurs, know, this, Spurs yeah. could certainly use that type of player, I've been told. I don't Ooh, know. Imagine that midfield though. Imagine Dombele, Chan, and Lo Celso all in the same midfield. Like that's that's the structure for a title, right? Where's Harry Winks then, Ted? Where have you put Harry Winks in that? Uh, probably somewhere up north. <laughs> Poor Harry Winks. Poor Harry Winks. I like Harry Winks just fine. I don't think Harry Winks fits with the 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 Jose Mourinho style of <laughs> in the middle of the park. He's been surprisingly, but he's figured quite a lot actually. I mean, let, let's do a very quick diversion on Harry Winks. Like, uh, I've, there's been a couple of charts that were like floating around the internet recently about like noting that uh, Harry Winks is like quite a progressive passer, and he kind of he kind of hits hits uh i think uh what is it our, our deep progression stat which just kind of like it shows you know who's who's like making passes up the pitch and you know, kind of build up play it's 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 one route into that and he he actually scores really quite well this season and i think that's true i did i someone dm me in surprise was like you know does your do your metrics to support this about harry wings and i was like yeah no they do and um but then this is the thing with Harry Winks. Like, I don't think his actual like passing. People think he's a bit of a crab sideways passer. He's he's not too bad at actually like uh, moving the ball at the pitch. But it's more the enthusiasm and the kind of like getting caught out of position stuff that I think worries people about his general kind of contribution. I think he's quite a decent energy guy in there. But you probably, as Spurs have needed for a long time, probably need someone who's actually going to like destroy a little bit more near him now Spurs squad construction with Lo Celso and, and Dombele means you just haven't got that kind of destroyer type of midfield and Jose's often liked someone in there he's played Eric Dyer quite a lot in that kind of position although he seems to have fallen slightly out of favour now so Eric Dyer speaks Portuguese this is a match made in heaven you, yeah I mean yeah. <laughs> hey boss I speak the lingo you know this is you got you got to be on the first day on Jose's first day you got to be straight up to him saying like, I don't know what I'd like like como estas is in Portuguese so I, I wasn't going to make that <laughs> my joke. Portuguese is terrible so I'm not even going <laughs> to not even going to start that Tiago one. Tiago Esteval could help out there yeah. we'll, we'll bring Tiago on and just start teaching us the basics of Portuguese he is our one Portuguese contact I think <laughs> <laughs> anyway all right uh <laughs> Uh, we got another one on here. Go on. We're scanning to America. Right. And on. also Mexico. Yeah. Chicharito, the little flea. Come on. What do we what do we think? Little flea. Uh, so Chicharito, formerly the wonder kid and the wonder sub of Manchester United. Remember those days? Man, he's been around forever. He really has. Uh, and he had like amazing scoring stats as a stub. Uh, really good movement. A real pain in the ass, actually. I remember him... Uh, he was the type that, you know, constantly pressing and closing down uh, at Man United, uh, not unlike Carlos Tevez. Uh, and I think Tevez was actually around at the same time, too, right? Mm. Um, anyway, so he's, 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 what, in his 30s? He's 31. 31 he's not, he's now. Not, so, so that was a long time ago. Um, had a, a good career in Europe. And uh, he was on the Leverkusen team uh, under Roger Schmidt, where I did a little bit of work. And he was one of those guys... I thought that he reads the play so well, especially in and around the box, that we kind of often gave him like a free central role and stuff that we were designing and, and suggested when they did their own that they did that so that he could move into the right spaces at the right time because you know some guys just have that. Some guys 
can see the game in ways that you can't design plays for ahead of time. Uh, you can put them in good spots that then allows them to better succeed. So anyway, he was at Leverkusen, um, then had some loan time in various places, uh, moved to West Ham uh, for a bit, and then Sevilla, and he played like, I don't know, five and a half, 90s or something during the season this year. Anyway, uh, Los Angeles Galaxy, not FC, have brought him to MLS. Uh, and he said, <laughs> caused, caused some sort of uh, kerfuffle by saying that, you know, this is sort of... The European dream toward, is over. Steps toward his retirement. <laughs> um, so anyway, his stats are good. Like he scores regularly. His XG is good. He's now gone to MLS. What are we thinking about this? And we're not just trying to pander to the MLS audience. That's not I what mean, we do on the show. As long as, they, as long as they create chance for him, he's, he's always been kind of more on trending towards the poacher type as long as so they create for him then he'll he'll get plenty of goals i'm sure i think i think galaxy in particular basically they they've signed another slightly problematic attacker and that zlatan as awesome as he he was like not very interested in using his energy for defensive side of the ball and i think um javier is is probably in that space as well Uh, i remember way back when i was talking to somebody in the premier league and, uh, and they said, have you ever seen uh, Chicharito with his shirt off? And I was like, no. He's <laughs> like, doesn't really look like a footballer. It's like, really? He's like, just not that type of athlete. But he reads the game so well and he, he works hard. Um, but yeah, I, I think the you know, Galaxy are once again looking at, unless they make some really big moves to, to shore up their, the defensive side of the ball, they're looking at, you know, three, two games, which is not, you know, uh, a bad thing to sell in the entertainment town. Yeah, no, sure. I mean, it's uh, you know they needed they needed that kind of you know designated player of, of sufficient kind of uh, clout to kind of at least I don't know, this is going to sound cynical at least lead the marketing in some way. But it is it's it's part of part and of that the market especially yeah. is huge, right? Because yeah. Los Angeles uh, Latino market absolutely enormous. There was stuff um, just this week talking about the size of the television audiences for the U.S. men's national team. And women's national team, and the the audience on the Spanish language web or television is dramatically larger than the U.S. men's national team gets on terrestrial English language television, which is really really strange. But you know there is a there's a big audience there. Like you know whether U.S. soccer does a good job of engaging that is an open question. But I think given the construction of the United States and how. While soccer has grown a lot and success of the women's national team is, is pretty big. Notice I switched to soccer. Uh, <laughs> I think that you know, this, this really matters. And, and recognizing that you know, Latino communities in and around the big places in the United States are huge portions of your potential fan base, even if they're not current ones. Yeah, it makes sense to, to pander them a little bit. Uh, Zlatan is a, is a worldwide star. Chicharito is not, but Chicharito is a Mexican star yeah, and, sure. and has been part of that El Tri national team for a very long time as well and still good enough to, to be the starter there. I think, you know, you're looking at probably two, three years where it fades. Um, but if they give him good service, he'll be able to score goals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it shouldn't be, a, shouldn't be an issue at all. And it, yeah, it just it makes sense for a lot of reasons, I think. 
Uh, where else should we go now? Have we got anything else? Have you got anything else on your list? I've got a couple of things on my list. Go ahead, James. I'll let you go. Danny Rose to Newcastle. It's all Tottenham this. I mean, that, that, I, Newcastle, you talked about the the takeover there very briefly. I think that, let's just hit, hit on that. It's, I think it's quite interesting. Yeah, it's the Saudi kind of like uh, purchasing group. I'm not sure how to describe that, them. It well. wasn't just that, though. It's 20% of yeah. one of the, the second richest uh, partnerships in the UK as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, of real estate developers. And so. I was, I was thinking, I was thinking about this because I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, Ever- Everton's, um, you know, kind of uh, ownership group is, you know, relatively kind of, you know, wealthy and a, a newish kind of thing. But I don't think we've had it um, probably since Man City. I'm probably forgetting something like you know one of these huge takeovers where you've got a large group with you know essentially a lot of wealth and maybe not maybe not quite uh, with the whole kind of like financial fair play kind of situation on on a Premier League team. So it'd be interesting to see if you know this if the Newcastle takeover takeover finally goes through, if they're able to kind of like invest as much in the kind of like playing side as they might want to, uh, or whether that will be kind of balanced against um, you know the the requirements of. Uh, you know, keeping it keeping it a little bit legit kind things, of thing. Things change so frequently. Like I can't remember the originally there was discussion about if if someone came and took over a team in total, like they would have uh, a grace period where they could they could violate FFP. But I don't know if that ever made it in the regulations. I know mm-hmm. that was like one of the discussions uh, we're seeing right now. Premier League discussions around Brexit, obviously, which. I don't think has any real clarity and there's negotiations and arguments about how many homegrown will need to be in the squad, which is, and, and I think it said the FA was, was pushing the current restriction is eight. And I think it used to be six. FA was pushing for 12. Mm. Imagine a 50% increase in the price of your average English footballer right now because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they want 50% more homegrowns. Yeah, like, yeah. Whoa. That would have a lot of, lot of kind of impact. Um, so, so anyway, I, I don't remember if that happened. And, and like these regulations change all the time. The other thing that they were looking at was um, sort of a, a hybrid transfer window, which I thought was pretty interesting. And, and basically, we've talked about on this show like for two years now how English teams were getting leveraged by potentially having a different transfer window than the rest of Europe. And that's because they know that English teams have to have to close at a certain point, and then the rest of the European transfer window was staying open until uh, the end of August, effectively. And so it made it harder for English teams to get deals that, that were sensible because they were off uh, off peak and they were able to, you know, if you want this player, you got to sign now. Otherwise, you know that your window is closing. But if we still want to sell this player to the rest of Europe, we can. So if, if your deal falls through, we'll pick up a backup option, something like that. Anyway, um, the hybrid deal is basically uh, deals inside of the UK among Premier Leagues, etc. would end as of the start of the season. But then you could still deal with European teams until their window uh, okay. closes. I've not heard about this. Is this likely to happen or not? I think it probably is because I think that there was a lot of unhappiness about inability to make effective deals uh, internationally last year. This kind of stems that concept. Uh, the loans and the um, and down into the the EFL that type of stuff would still continue to go on. Uh, I. You know, I, I think they had to do something, and this is like the least bad option. But so back to the Newcastle thing, Danny Rose and the takeover. I don't think they're contingent, but who knows? No, not so. I think the Rose thing is very much just a kind of like he may well have uh, once once more uh, fallen slightly down the pecking order at Tottenham and needs a location. And obviously, the boys from the north, he spent his entire career at Tottenham. So. And Newcastle looks like they're going to stay up. So 
Yeah, this is the thing. You know, you can you can make that signing and just be like, okay, even if, even if it's a loan or whatever, you can make it and just be like, that's that's fine. It's it's a solid enough kind of thing. I mean, Newcastle interesting this season because their metrics are just like not good. They you know they don't look good, but they've managed to get points. Um, I think this you know the kind of like defensive and like you know carve out the carve out enough results and you're good. Uh, strategy has worked for teams in the past. I'm not sure how con- much control you have within that kind of strategy, but it looks like it's worked for Bruce and Newcastle. And you know they're in a situation with about what 14 games to go, where you know they probably need to need to win like three or four of them, and they're you know they'd be they'd be happy happy enough and safe. It's um yes, yeah, it's, it's been an interesting season for them, but they should probably be. Very aware of. Uh, Do you know where they the leave future? the league, James? <laughs> uh, I was looking. At, I was, funny enough, I was trying to. I was trying to ascertain like why Liverpool good. It's so good in defence, and uh, the, the, I couldn't find very many things where Liverpool were top. I could find lots of things where Newcastle were bottom. <laughs> so, <laughs> tell me, I don't know. <laughs> Set piece goals. Ah, there, well, there we go. That's a <laughs> that's a classic. You know, apparently, it's useful. Yeah, I mean that's a good example of uh, you know where how yeah how can you be not so great in open play uh, yet continue to get results? Yeah, maybe maybe a set piece focus will will actually assist you there. So yeah, that's interesting. I was not aware of that. See, things you weren't aware of last week, but you are aware of now. And we talked about this last week, so I'm going to make it nice and painful for James. Um, let's see, you're going to teach some courses this year. Yeah, I think the the thing that the, the thing that's probably most imminent is that we'll do an introductory course in the north. I'm still looking at Manchester. I look started looking at venues, but I will put a call out right now if you're if you're Manchester savvy and you know about good venues for say like kind of like uh, probably maximum 100, probably less, but you know that kind of uh, place that we can teach a course at. Then do get in touch. My email's in my bio uh, on Twitter. Uh, or you know, get in touch with us and we'll we'll investigate because we want to get the best location we can. Uh, that would be helpful. And then yeah, probably other courses. Let's talk of uh, talk of Spain, and we're going to write a re- recruitment based course as well, a player evaluation, which is going to come out at some point in the kind of like hmm, <laughs> start to start to middle second quarter. I think this year is the plan. April first is, I believe, what the deadline is. Ted makes these deadlines <laughs> up, and we try and hit them. But you know, look, uh, Commander Waffle. <laughs> I have many things to do. I'm a busy man. But anyway, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> so we're going to do a, a player evaluation course. We've talked about doing this for a while. We have a, a particular perspective. We have a lot of experience, like more than. <laughs> than almost anybody on on that side in the professional space and we've done it across more leagues i think than everywhere else like we've we've recruited down from league two all the way up through the very top of the champions league uh we've recruited internationally and we decided the that we wanted to to turn that into uh, an actual course and the introductory course we'll continue to do um set pieces is is an interesting one i we are not going to teach a set pieces course in uh the english language for the public this year uh, we will do it on a, on a personal basis. So like we will do it privately to teams that want to engage us. But, you know, we taught that last year. We taught it a bunch. And if you missed it, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, however, we have not taught that in Spain, in Spanish language. And so we will do that uh, probably in Madrid and in Barcelona and one other place. I'm not sure where Pablo said he was thinking about Valencia. I was like, well, you know, Bilbao's lovely and the food's amazing. He's like, oh, I don't know. We'll see. So we're getting those booked in. Um, expect to see those over the coming months. 
James also is, his group is going to teach an online version of our introductory course. It'll probably be like uh, a weekly uh, one hour course that will take six to eight weeks for us to, to teach on that one. Um, the, one of the challenges that we find is like, we want to incorporate video. So, you know, we'll, we'll figure that one out. Um, it'll be cheaper than attending in person, but there'll still be a fee for it. We're not doing it for free. We do lots of things for free though. Give us credit for that. Um, and then we're looking at Germany. So Germany for introductory, possibly set pieces, possibly player evaluation. Uh, that one we would likely, um, potentially teach in English. I'm not sure if we'll get it translated into German until the back half of the year, uh, but it will be in Germany, uh, maybe in the May, June timeframe. So that's what we're looking at for those. So if you're interested in SAS bomb courses and you missed out on some of the cool stuff last year, know that we've got new cool stuff and old cool stuff coming back this year. Yeah. James likes teaching. It's all right. <laughs> he's, he's, he's grumpy now. He's like, oh, he's brought up the deadline again. It's, it's, it's okay. That's fine. We are, we're both actually going somewhere next week, aren't we? I'm, I'm, I'm going to Italy uh, for, for something. Yes, James has been invited to Coverciano. Very exciting. Um, not unlike I was, a, we were at the, the Talent ID conference in, uh, for the FA. Uh, was that the end of last year? I think it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that was the end of last year. Uh, we have... <clears throat> I don't think we've officially announced it, but it's signed. So we have a, a small conference. I think it's invite only uh, in Italy and Florence on March 26th. So that's going to happen. Uh, it's our first steps into Italy. And we're working in partnership with Fiorentina, the La Viola, I believe is the, the nickname. Correct. Um, I'm so rubbish. And let's see. What am I thinking? I'll be at Sloan. James will be at Sloan? Yeah. You get a flight? Not yet. Okay. You're going to take a boat? <laughs> I start swimming now. <laughs> uh, we'll be at, uh, at Sloan. If you want to meet up, uh, happy to do that. Um, I think we'll have a, a decent-sized group there, mostly just hanging out, really, and, and meeting with people. And then October 9th, uh, I think this has also been locked down, so I can announce it. We will be doing the second annual Stats Bomb Conference at Stanford Bridge once again. Uh, we Ted, that first conference was really good. I've heard people that, should go. I've heard that rumor. I... <laughs> I, I don't, it's a weird thing. Cause like I, the way that I experienced that conference was different than everybody else. I had a, a ton of responsibility to, to do the intros in the first half of the day and then uh, panels in the second half of the day. And so uh, the only way that I experienced that conference was through the eyes of everybody else. And it was fun. And, and we had people say really nice things about it. So that's going to happen October 9th. We're going to try and keep it. in in that October international break every single year, uh, we will post tickets for order probably about six months out and we have started to work a little bit on um, some speaker stuff uh, we'll also continue to have the the research uh, talks that will be a significant part of the um, of the program and uh, you know we'll, we'll likely have the main room live broadcast as well again it'll be really fun uh I, that went over really well um those of you who are looking to do any sort of talks that i might not have thought about if you just want to volunteer like you can send me a dm or or a message uh, an email but bring your a game because like they were really good this year yeah no that's a good point it's you know you can't just you can't just you can't just do turn up and talk like we do, Ted. You know that won't be good enough. No, right? people expect <laughs> quality from Stats Bomb, and luckily enough, like everybody else, just brings it. <laughs> so yeah, that's good. Lots of things, right? Where are we at, Ted? I think, I think that might we're be done. That's, mm. that's we're done. We're almost at the end, like the transfer window. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. We'll be back. Uh, when does it end? Is it the end of the week? End we'll, of the week. We'll review it next week. We'll, you know, we'll go over whatever. 
whatever's happened. And uh, we were asked about doing a live pod for the transfer window day. And the fact of the matter is, there's not any action. It's, it'd be boring. No, no that's, tr- that's true. Yeah, so someone suggested that for, for us before. And I think, yeah, you, you f- to kind of like cram in like an hour. Ted, what's going on? Nothing. Sky Sports are excited, but I'm not. You know, it's, it's, gonna, <laughs> <laughs> it's just not going to work. So it's a nice idea, but sadly not to be. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. And say goodbye, James. Bye, James.